CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, sound check. <laughs> you heard that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's breaking news. All right, everybody, your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, June 17th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, all together now, and Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com, for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what concerts to see, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jaromsky. Ben, any columns oh, you'd like to talk yes. about? Oh, yes. Two for, what are, I, oh my goodness. Call on me, Scooby-Doo. I'm in love with you, Scooby-Doo. Denise, Denise. Sorry. On a tangent there. Don't know where that came from. Uh, my column. Oh, my goodness. So uh, the long-awaited column on the casino. I urge everybody to run and don't walk to read it. Is it as bad as the parking meter deal? I take the deep dive on that one. And then I take a deep dive on my newsletter. Uh, and I'll be discussing this with David Ferris next week. Uh, Watergate, 50 years later. And I talk about the hoax, the myth of Deep Throat and the Washington Post uh, team of, uh, you know what, D, of uh, Woodward and Bernstein, and I was critical of Woodward and Bernstein. And again, I don't want to uh, give away too much, although if you've read the newsletter, you know where I'm coming from. But I wrote that piece, and for the first time ever, I got <laughs> accolades from MAGA readers. Do you know I have MAGA readers, D? Of course. I mean, I, I got MAGA readers, and usually they write in to tell me how <laughs> wrong I am or what an idiot I am or what a dumb lefty I am or something like that. And I go, well, I, they're not going to stick around. No, they continue to read. I thought I was the only one who read people of different ideas and ideologies. You know me? I always read Johnny Cash when he was <laughs> Johnny Cash. You said I meant Cash. Johnny you Cash. said Cash. <laughs> I did say Cash. I want to apologize to the man in black. You are one of the great legends in American culture. I did not mean to confuse you with Johnny. Thank you, man. I, like, <laughs> I love red meat, Cass. Uh, but I would read them, you know. But now apparently some MAGA guys are re returning the favor. So uh, a couple of them wrote in to say, hey, I really like that column. <laughs> that was a little critical of Washington Post, Woodward Bernstein. So uh, that's what I wrote about. You can check it out. I'll have a discussion with uh, David Ferris next week about it. So Yes, sir. I'm on a roll, D. I'm on a roll. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. Oh, what a week. Starts now. Woo! Oh, it's got an email. <laughs> it is Friday, June 17th. <laughs> And this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this new hat Friday, and here's why. Because Dennis has a new hat. That's oh, why. yeah, I do. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to that before we go to Oh, what a week. Uh, I don't know if you, you we, we, since you can't see us, you don't know this, ladies and gentlemen, but hats are a theme in the Ben Jarofsky show, at least uh, for myself and the producers. Uh, Dennis wears a hat a lot. Uh, DJ Nate 
uh, who produces the uh, weekend shows, wears a hat a lot. Uh, Miles Porter, God bless you, Miles, always wore a hat. It's something about the people who work on the Ben Jarofsky show. We wear hats. Yeah, or just uh, everyone we associate with has horrible hair. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I mean, they got nice hair. Miles has nice hair. Nate has nice. You have nice hair. Just don't have a lot of it. So, oh, come on. Uh, sorry, that was really bad. Anyway, uh, but uh, Dennis and I love hats. I got so much. But see, the thing about me is I got all Bulls hats and a White Sox hat. And here's the Dennis is a little, I mean, he gets out there. He's eclectic. I've never idea what he's going to wear. Today he shows up with an Oakland A's hat. Yeah. Uh, but I got to say. It's a cool hat. That is, I love the color. Right. I love the white and the green, the Kelly green. Oh. And uh, so, anyway, I don't want to take any more time talking about hats, but that's a cool hat. Thanks. And so, uh, let's hope the cool hat uh, leads to a cool show. Without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, pride of Joe Ball, Illinois, with Oh, What a Week. I just remember when I was a kid in like the late 80s, early 90s, the Oakland A's were like cool. So, I don't know. There was just something about an Oakland A's hat. Oh, my God. The Oakland, first of all, Tony La Russa, the young Tony La Russa, yeah, uh, was yeah. the manager. Uh, Ricky Henderson, who was the Ricky greatest Henderson, lead off history. Jose Canseco. Yeah, okay. Mark McGuire. <laughs> a skinny Mark brothers. McGuire. All right. Uh, so, here we go. Let's see if you can get this correct. Ricky Henderson. Where was he born? Ricky Hendon? No, Ricky, the, the leadoff hitter for the... Uh, oh, that guy's funny. <laughs> Actually, nope, they're not born in the same well, city. Go I, ahead. Just because I know you and you know this, and because you know this, I'm going to say I'm, he's somewhere from Chicago, right? Is that your final answer? Yes, it is. You are correct. All right. He was born in Chicago, and then he, his family moved out to uh, California, and he grew up in Oakland. Uh, and Ricky Hendon, I believe, was born in Cleveland, I want to say. Uh, but then his family moved to uh, Chicago, and uh, he went to, uh, he's a grad, proud graduate of uh, Farragut High School. He's an admiral. I'll throw one back at you for 10 trivia points. What hat was I wearing last week? Oh, you were into the Padres hat last week, San Diego Padres hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually wrong. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> that bass hat, that fishing hat. How could I bring? I put it out of my mind. Not one of his finer hats, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I'm just gonna say <laughs> that's right. That just going fishing hat. Uh, the, I was yeah, trying to go with the fishing theme, you know, the bait shop hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah, trying my, to go with the fishing theme, and it kind of didn't go over too well. Come here, give me that. For your birthday, I'm going to buy you a bulls hat. You don't have any bulls hats. I do. Uh, I do not. I do not. Yeah, major oversight. I just uh, figure you got that department down. You know what <laughs> I mean? True. I got so many, and my kids have them. When when we, that the family goes gets together in California, it's like <laughs> people are like, "What a weird group of people this is." They're all wearing bulls hats. <laughs> all right, enough about hats. Yes. How's it going, everybody? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. People, we are almost. Almost one week away from the Illinois primary election on June 28th. Ben, let's go to the countdown clock, all right, and see just exactly how much time we have until the primary election, all right? We're going to go to the clock here. Um, Oh, hold on. Something going on with the clock. Ben, uh, tell everybody about our our lineup this weekend. Oh, my goodness. We have a great lineup, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the weekend. 
I, I just love this lineup. Very, uh, this word is in my mind, eclectic group of uh, friends of the Ben Jarofsky show that we haven't heard from sometimes ever. Uh, first of all, Scotty Duff, one of my favorite comedians in Chicago comes on and uh, wow, we, we uh, Scotty and I went on a f- more than one t- a tangent, a very funny man, Scott Duff, but he got serious. And uh, then he, he took a, uh, we were talking all about pride and uh, the account, the, the, um, what looked like was going to be a massive uh, attack on the, a pride ceremony uh, in Idaho. And then we started talking about cancel culture and Scotty is against cancel culture. D was very interesting. The really? take he had on it. Yeah, it, you got to listen to this show if you want to know. Ooh, I like that. Uh, and then yesterday was a huge throw for me. Uh, Mike Alamano, one of the great guitar players in the city of Chicago, dear friend of the show, um, is doing a uh, gig next week with legendary, if you're into jazz, you know this uh, the name, Chico Freeman of the Freeman family of Chicago. Von Freeman, Chico Freeman, George Freeman, Buzz Freeman, and uh, Chico, great sax player, came on the show and to talk to promote his uh, event, but then we just started talking about music and little politics. He has a little politics, and it was just fascinating. Uh, I, I really hope Chico Freeman becomes a regular on the show, D, because the guy's got the gift to get. You know, I had this thing, a stereotype about jazz musicians based on Miles Davis that they don't talk. So I was kind of worried about it, you know. I so I before the show, I asked Chico, "So are you going to be?" I think I did this on the mic, D. I go, "Are you going to be like Miles Davis and not talk?" He proved me wrong. Uh, and uh, so, and then Ramana Hussein, the deep dive uh, we did about her latest column, brilliant column she wrote uh, about the uh, that intersection between politics in India and America. Fascinating stuff. Uh, and I uh, can't wait. After this show, we're going to interview the great, the legendary Heather Booth. Uh, we'll drop that next week. And uh, Heather Booth, great activist. I uh, was in the movie The Janes, one of the Janes. So, Great lineup, D, if I must say so myself. And can I give myself credit? I booked every single one of these. Oh, my God. Right yeah. <laughs> a booking machine, man. I'm a booking machine. That's a first? You booked all of them? <laughs> okay. It's a first. Hold on. Come on, <laughs> stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. Okay. The room? clock is fixed. The clock okay. is fixed. Okay. Sorry. Now we're good. All Sounds right. exactly like it did before, but who am I to say anything? No, no, you're not seeing what I'm seeing over here, all right? Oh, Trust yeah, me. We're in different spaces. This <laughs> clock is annoying. I can see it now, though. It's working. Hold on. Yeah. All right, there we go. Okay. The primary election. We are 10 days, 10 hours, 42 minutes, and 45 seconds. 44, 43, 42, 41, 40, 30. It's coming up, Ben. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I've uh, been doing cheat sheets. That's the other thing I've been doing a lot of, D, uh, going over who I'm going to vote for. And then people have been asking me to write cheat sheets for them. You know, people get lazy out there. Ben, can you just tell me who to vote for? <laughs> you follow the stuff. <laughs> so I literally just write the names down. They go, I go, I don't know if you're going to want. I trust you, Ben. Okay. A lot of power I got, D. I think I'm controlling 10 votes. Think about that. I mean, like going like, Ben, just tell me who to vote for. That's just like one step away from going, "Ah, I don't want to vote at all. All right. More on the primary election coming up. But we begin in the city of Chicago because hot damn Bernie Sanders was in town. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie. Yes. The two time presidential candidate who had actual ideas and didn't gaslight everybody. Ah, No wonder he lost. (laughs) This comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm just going to say it. The best reefer writer in the nation. Tommy two joints Tom Shuba. Yeah. But this story has nothing to do with marijuana. This one's about Bernie. Bernie Sanders was Northwest in Rosemont. 
He detailed a sweeping plan to address corporate greed, embolden labor unions, and give working Americans more political power during a rousing speech. The rally organized by Teamsters Local 705 also featured a campaign-style speech by none other than SDG, president-elect of the Chicago Teachers Union, Stacey Davis-Gates. She was urged multiple times to run for mayor, yet Sanders was clearly the main attraction. Ben, before we go further with this Bernie story, what do you think Bernie Sanders said to Stacey Davis-Gates behind the scenes? And would you care to give us a Bernie Sanders impression with your answer? Yes. Yes. This is what he said, and this is how he said it. Oh, uh, run, Stacy, run. Oh, uh. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Run, Stacy, run. That's it. Like, no hello. Hey, how's it going? Uh, hello. Hi. How are you? You know, I, I don't think Bernie's much for small talk, D. I really don't think Bernie's much for stall, small talk. It's like, oh, nice to meet you. I was a big fan of uh, of Karen, Karen Lewis. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm uh, sure that came up. I'm sure Karen Lewis came up. Yeah. Uh, uh, where, where, uh, uh, are you running for mayor? I heard you're running for mayor. How about that? D? Come on. Right now, the silence of Dennis's part is like, oh, that's pretty good. I know. I've <laughs> felt the pressure. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think there was a lot of small talk. Uh, I, I think he just goes, where, where do I speak? Where? Love Cameron Lewis. Good friend. Look, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do small talk. I do big talk. Now give me the microphone. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, he always puts me in my place. He's really good at Bernie Sanders. There's a way. He really is. Wait up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why you got to move your fingers around like a man. Yeah. Oh, hey, come here. Uh, oh, I love when he moves the fingers. Look, what can you say, ladies and gentlemen? I, every time, I, we're going to get into this later with Pat. Every time I see Bernie Sanders' name in a ballot, I vote for him. Because what Dennis said is so true. He doesn't gaslight you. He tells you where he stands. You know exactly where he is. He's not BSing you. He he sees the problems that we have in this country and he's a vision for solving them. You know what I mean? He's not going to like sneak around <laughs> with some kind of cockamamie scheme. I like the man. What can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen? 2016 voted for him. 2020, I voted for him. And all the people parading into the studio. Did he tell me, don't vote for him. You're wasting your vote. We need a mainstream Democrat. That's the only person that could beat Donnie Trump. And I remember in both elections, people like my downstate friends and people downstate, you know, they would, ah, you know what? I'll tell you what, I like that Barney Sanders, man. He ain't bad. Well, that's the interesting thing. Uh, oh, God, I should bring Adolfo Mondragon on. Uh, El Dragon, this is one of his favorite topics. Uh, he firmly believed that uh, Bernie Sanders would have been victorious in 2016 against uh, Donnie Trump. He believes that alienated uh Obama voters, people who actually voted for Obama and then flipped uh, to uh, Donnie Trump, would have stayed Democratic had Bernie been top of the ticket. Uh, listen, there's no way of knowing that. It's all just speculation and it's all, uh, what do they call it? tavern talk. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I more and more have come to the conclusion uh, that he's correct and that the time was right for Bernie. I don't know what those last four years would have been like. <clears throat> I don't know if Bernie could have gotten his legislation through Congress, the Republican uh, Senate. Obviously, it would have been trouble, but he would have put pressure. And do you know what, D? I do not know if that left-wing talk of the Republicans would have worked if Bernie is literally offering. If Bernie is saying, I'm putting money in your pocket, you know? 
Is it going to work? Well, is it going to work to have uh, MAGA going, he's a leftist? You know, I, I don't know. They call everyone a leftist, no matter how watered down and centrist. Joe Biden is a radical. If you watch Fox, this is this is the ultimate D. If you watch Fox TV uh, and Tucky Carlson, you would think that Lori Lightfoot is a radical leftist, which if you ask anyone who is remotely radical or a leftist in the city of Chicago what they think about Lori Lightfoot, would be like boo so they're just gonna call you a leftist anyway you might as well stand up for what you believe nope that's not democratic politics no ben what you do is you sell out yourself first and then you sell everybody else out remember that deep you ever go into politics think about why you got into politics what makes you care and then betray that sell yourself out and then go into politics and you're ready to be a you can you could be a columnist with that. You could be a mainstream talk show host with that. You can be a politician with that. Remember, what motivated you to get into politics in the first place? Now betray that. You're ready for politics. As he lauded a recent groundswell of union organizing pointing to Amazon and Starbucks workers, he decried the country's growing income inequality and accused some of his colleagues in Congress of allowing billionaires to consolidate power in Washington, D.C. So, yeah. He's the same old Bernie. In other Chicago news, I actually argue that this isn't technically Chicago news. We love to keep tabs on our former mayor. I just biked around Lake Michigan. Actually, Rahm Emanuel, you didn't. You're lying to us. Because you're now an ambassador, and according to Bloomberg, you've been commuting around Japan. Rahm Emanuel, the U.S. ambassador to Japan, is apparently trying a more diplomatic approach by ditching his BMW and his bike and choosing to take trains and subways around the country. Since he assumed the job in January, the former Chicago mayor has been using his Twitter feed, take notes, Ben, to share photos. (laughs) (laughs) To share photos of his official travels aboard Japan's rail network. He's raved about high-speed trains and has also been seen walking to meetings with Japanese officials rather than going by car been your thoughts on this uh boy I, I bet it's nice for him to sit in a train and go oh my god people don't hate my guts on this train <laughs> no uh, <laughs> i'm loved uh all right so first of all before i get started with the deep dive i'm going to tip my hat to young one young kenneth kenning davis who uh a legendary uh, talk show host uh, for many years uh, and an infrequent guest in the Ben Jarofsky show because every time I ask him to come on, he goes. <laughs> and if he answers my uh, text, he'd be my fishing buddy this weekend. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Ken Davis once asked D to come on the show in order to sing Rom's praises uh, as the transportation mayor of the city of Chicago. And Kenny D loves public transportation. He's one of those uh, public train geeks. Uh, the other one, of course, who comes on the show frequently is uh, Dave Glowatz. The two of them, oh my God, do never invite Glowatz and Ken Davis uh, to, to lunch and then have them talking trains. I love when the, the, the train comes oh into the brown line. Your, your have you meal, ever noticed? Your meal go cold. You won't eat it. <laughs> They're going to be talking the whole time. Oh, my God. They just love talking trains, ladies and gentlemen. 
so I would argue young Kenneth uh, all the time, but uh, I do believe I'm going to make a huge concession here, Ken, uh, that Rom actually of all the areas of government uh, that Rom dealt with, okay, you know, criminal justice, uh, public education, public health, uh, mental health, uh, the uh, expenditure of economic development funds, uh, all these elements. I say public transportation was number one, the best thing he did, which I just want to point out, Kenneth, uh, just goes to show you how bad everything else was. Uh, but he did have this notion that people in Chicago depend on trains. And so if you prove the transit lines, uh, they will like you more. And it's funny, D, because he didn't like he didn't have that idea about libraries. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's I, you can kind of see Rob's brain working. He's very transactional brain. So he goes, people in my neighborhood, and he lived in a, a well-to-do north side neighborhood. How do I know that? Because I live in the same one. Uh, and he, people in my neighborhood take trains. Therefore, everybody takes a train. I'm going to fix the train tracks so they run better. Then you ask about public libraries. It's like nobody reads books. If I want a book, I just go buy one, you know, I, I go to the bookstore. Nobody goes to a library except for mothers with infants. And, and as soon as the kid is like two, forget it. He's not going to go to the library anymore or five more likely. So the first thing he did, cut libraries. I was like, that's a telltale sign, Rom, that you don't think people use libraries. Was he shocked? He, when all of a sudden there was like a mini revolt on the north side, the north side. If you want to get Rob's attention, give a mini revolt on the north side. People who use libraries were upset. He brought back the money for the libraries, never tried to cut them again. Anyway, I thought I was singing his praises. And once again, just talking about him, I started ripping him. So give him credit, D. Uh, and he's riding the trains uh, in um, Japan. He's hugely popular in Japan. D, I'm going I'm to tell you something. Who was it that uh, came on the show and predicted this would be a big deal for Ron? I can't remember who it was. One of my guests will come to me later. But I have a feeling, to quote the Beatles, oh. that uh, being the ambassador to Japan will really be beneficial to Rom's political career. Uh, he's getting further and further away from the wreckage of his eight years in the city of Chicago. And I believe the dream is <clears throat> much alive in his head uh, that he will be president of the United States. You heard it. First, D, right here on this show. And this is just part of the resurrection of, what, his brand? Ugh. So he's now the train guy. You know what I'm saying? He's, it, folks, you got to read the article. He's really popular in Japan. They love him. <laughs> so, you know, Rom may be smarter than I give him credit for. He may be smarter, but we're notter, right? Yeah, we're not. Anyway, and also the other gag, it just occurred to me. Uh, this was a favorite gag back in the Rom years. Uh, when we first moved to, uh, actually, Rom wasn't even the mayor. Uh, when we first moved uh, into the when the attic, uh, when COVID displaced us from our lovely little studio at the Bright One, just on the hall from the bathroom. Thanks uh, for that memory. And uh, I would watch the, the brown line come down the tracks. And I'd always make the joke up. Oh, Rahm Emanuel is uh, writing it because if you recall that essay he wrote for the New York Times, it was like he was taking credit for everything. See, D, I cannot help 
when I touch talking about Rob. Now listen here. Now listen here, all right? Trying to give him credit. Ben, listen here, all right? I don't mm-hmm. think you're thinking this through. He's in Japan. Yeah, they like him right now, right? <laughs> yeah. I think you got a future in Japan, all right? I think you I think you could be a hit in Japan. If it, they're going to get sick of this guy eventually. And then they're going to go to your columns, right? I think <laughs> in a few years, you may be huge in Japan. Yeah. It's, wow. That could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they may they may start catching on to him here in a few years. Like, who is this guy on the train all the time? And then they find and they start looking into him and then they see all your columns. And then yeah. the next thing you know, you're just like this superstar in Japan. Who's huge in Japan? Uh I know like um uh Mickey Rourke was huge in France. Jerry Lewis was huge in France. Stan the Lariat uh, Hansen, the wrestler back in the day. Yeah, and I'm trying. Uh, Stefan Marbury is huge in China. Don't know if you yeah, know that. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray made a movie, uh, Lost in Translation, where he's stranded in Japan. So I don't know if he's huge. Oh, that in movie Japan. was awful. <laughs> oh, the, uh, who was the the big uh, first baseman for the? Uh, I'm asking that is this one <laughs> a '90s uh, uh, Cecil Fielder? I think oh, was huge yeah, in yeah. Japan. Uh, who had a son named Prince, who's a great baseball player too. How about that, everybody? And coming uh, soon. So yeah, there's there's hope for me, I guess, Steve. There's hope for me. I think so, right? Get ready. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like, just take a trip there just to see. Like, I'm going to see how this. And then, like, you show up and everybody's like, "Oh my God, it's him!" No, I know that would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm just thinking it through. Not just, I mean, any just random country in the universe, uh, <laughs> other than this one. Suddenly, the Ben Jarofsky show had a cult following. Everybody's listening to this show oh in New God. Zealand. Yeah. Like, He's talking about Chicago politics <laughs> and the Bulls. <laughs> All right. Now, here on the Ben Jarofsky Show, yeah. one golden rule on this program, we yeah. don't run from the bit. All right? No matter how bad a bit is going, we we don't run from it. Okay? So, hey, let's go back to that countdown clock. <laughs> All right. The, uh, we're going, nickel is your dime. We're going... <laughs> We're going back to the news in the state of Illinois, and we're going back to the countdown clock, all right? We are so close to the Illinois primary election. In fact, we are now 10 days, 10 hours, 26 minutes, and 49 seconds. 48, 47, 46, 45, 44. Uh, Actually, I will be voting this weekend. Uh, I'll be going to visit my kids in California. By the way, I, I was booking Pat Quinn. I told him I was going to be uh, in California. Pat Quinn uh, should be a guest next week. He goes, <laughs> we're going to have to call you California Ben. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, he wanted to call you a hippie, but he was being nice. <laughs> California Ben. I am California Ben. There's no I've been ca- stuck in Chicago since 1981, but my heart has been on that coast, ladies and gentlemen. Have you got D, have you ever? You ever driven up the Route One along the coastline of California? Oh, God. went to San Diego and uh, went uh, around a highway. It was pretty cool. All right, well that's Route One. Oh, right from, on, right uh, on. I'll go run the, the length of the state, and in my heart, I'm Steve McQueen. When I get, I don't care what the and the car is a 1967 Mustang. I don't care what kind of car it is. I'm Steve McQueen. It's bullet hands weight on the wheel, and uh, I just love it, D. And my and. You know, but for some reason, I moved to Chicago. Been here 40-odd years. So, yeah, California Ben. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a California Quinn somewhere inside. Yeah, there. so I know. Uh, all right. Our next mayor, Pat Quinn. Anyway, go oh, ahead. Oh, all right. Well, hey, now we got to let him break the news first before we do, right? 
Yes. It's time for a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. <laughs> Sam Elliott. <laughs> Crow every time. Sam Elliott, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know who you're talking about. All right. And today, we really want to talk about one thing. And that's these interesting campaign strategies we've seen oh, thus far. Wow. In our Illinois gubernatorial primary election. From Republicans, and surprisingly, from our own incumbent Democratic governor. The enemy is you. All right. He's a <laughs> uh, Shia Kapos wrote about it today in Politico. It really makes you realize that life is just different when you have a billion dollars. Yeah. Seriously, think about it. When you don't have a billion dollars and you're the incumbent, you kind of just sit there and wait to see who your opponent is. When you find out, then you start spending some money attacking your opponent. But when you have a billion dollars, you can actually start spending money before the primary attacking the person you think is the weaker threat and essentially try to manipulate the entire process by choosing your opponent in the general election. Couldn't do that stuff back in the day when you you know <laughs> didn't have a billion dollars. Is it a sound strategy? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it did help bring this guy to the White House. I'm not a doctor. So jury's still out. <laughs> yeah. But that's exactly what Governor Pritzker has been doing essentially all year. And the uber political nerd staff at the J.B. Pritzker campaign has been crunching the numbers and polling and lie detectors and whatever other billion dollar ideas they have over there. And they have determined who they want as their political opponent. And according to the J.B. Pritzker campaign, the downstate farmer, the big feller, D.B., Darren Bailey, is the, winkest, is the weakest link. So, all right, let's go to the piece from Shia Campos. J.B. Pritzker's campaign and the Democratic Governors Association have spent a combined $34 million, not on his Democratic re-election campaign for governor, but on the Republican primary, so that in the general election, the governor could face a candidate he could easily beat. That's the goal, at least, with 11 days. Well, this is... Uh, we're now 10 days, technically, if you really think about it with the 22 hours. But anyway, they don't have the clock. Don't don't get upset with Politico. They don't have the clock like we do. They don't even have a wristwatch. <laughs> hourglass. With 11 days, but technically 10 and 20-something hours until the Illinois primary, it appears to be working, as Pritzker's team hoped. Republican Richard Irvin, the early frontrunner in the race with the tough-on-crime message, has lost ground to conservative Darren Bailey in the polls. And we've been talking about this on the show uh, for the last week or so. I don't like the strategy. I've made that clear. Uh, not, by the way, most of my guests of the Democratic persuasion disagree with me. Terry Cosgrove, I see you. D.C. really loves the strategy. Uh, and, D, here's the notion, uh, as, as it's been explained to me. Now, follow me on this, okay? Follow me. So it's based on the notion that Darren Bailey is uh, an extremist. He's a MAGA to the MAGIest MAGA core, the MAGIest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, closing in on fascists. Okay, that's how Dems view Darren Bailey. So their idea is, I got a great idea. Let's have a fascist at the top of the ticket for the Republican <laughs> Party. Then it would be easier to beat because no one in Illinois would vote for a fascist. And I'm like... Uh, well, let me ask you a question, uh, Demi of uh, Dem Dem. Did you think that uh, Donald Trump had any chance of winning in 20 to 16 when you tried out this strategy with him? 
And that is interesting, D, the way they play that question, because sometimes they just lie and go, no, he was very scared. I thought he could. Or they'll suddenly start denouncing Bernie Sanders. It's Bernie's fault. Uh, And so the reality is it's scary for me. I'm speaking for myself. It's scary. The notion of Darren Bailey at the top of the ticket is a frightening specter to me. Now, will other people be afraid of it? And will that motivate them to vote? I don't know. That's the risk you run. It'll probably motivate a lot of MAGA people in the state of Illinois, D, and they'll come out and vote. So if Dems go like this, which Dems have been known to do, I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, we could wake up with Governor Bailey. So I, I'm like, I don't know if it's a great strategy. The second idea is this. Kenny G, Ken Griffin, who plays a huge role in Illinois politics, ladies and gentlemen, the wealthiest man in the state, a mega millionaire. <laughs> I just made that word up. Uh, has pledged, I think, $50 million to Richard Irvin's campaign. So Dems are so afraid of him throwing just scads of money at Pritzker. They're banking on him not endorsing Darren Bailey. Well, Darren Bailey is an extremist and Ken Griffin is not that much of an extremist. I don't know about that. Seems to me that Ken Griffin's great motivation in life is to pay less in taxes. And I got a feeling to, Again, people's getting a lot of airtime. They do every show, dude. <laughs> Today, I got a feeling, feeling deep inside. Oh yeah, everybody had a wet dream. Oh yeah, sorry, Lennon. You gotta love John Lennon. Anyway, uh, I got a feeling that uh, Kenny G would support um, uh, Darren Bailey. Darren Bailey will say, "Oh yeah, I'll cut your taxes, Kenny G." And Kenny G, okay, I don't lose abortion rights for women. I don't care. You know, no environmental regulations. I don't care. If, it, if it's between one candidate, Pritzker, who's going to raise his taxes, and another candidate, DB, who's not going to raise his taxes, who do you think Kenny G's going to kick in? So it could backfire on you. And they did the same thing in Pennsylvania, D. They got this uh, election denier running for uh, governor. And the Democrats are going, yay, it worked. Now we have this real lunatic. There's no way the voters will elect a lunatic. Hello, where you been, Dems? You haven't paid attention. I guess you guys, you know, they don't cover this stuff on MSNBC, which yeah. apparently is the only network a Dem will listen to. With Donald Trump, like we said, they strategically wanted to run against Donald Trump in 2016. Yeah. What right? a dumb idea that was. Whoa, what a dumb idea that was. Yeah, right? We're still paying a price. Uh, and then they blame Bernie Sanders. And I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to do a baseball analogy here. Sometimes strategists, political strategists, particularly those of the Democratic persuasion, are a little too smart for their own good. And they remind me of Joe Madden, former manager of the Cubs, who's always had some crazy scheme with his bullpen, which almost lost the Cubs the 2016 World Series. You know what, Cuff fans? I'm starting to wish that you had lost that World Series in 2016. Oh, my God. It's so obnoxious. That is not how we keep (laughs) listeners in Chicago. Almost there. I know, I know. Meanwhile, our ratings are soaring in Cleveland. Who would have won the championship? So, and then Tony La Russa, 
you know, gonna, so I'm going to do both sides. Tony Russo, the manager of the White Sox, with the, his intentional walk strategy. And D, so Democratic strategists are starting to remind me of Madden and Larusa. They're so smart, smarter than everyone else. They know best. Just shut up and do whatever they tell you to do. So D, I'm nervous. I'm nervous with the strategy. I don't like the strategy. But you know what? I've learned over the years, Dennis. The last people in the world who listen to what I have to say are Democratic strategists. So there you go. They're going to do their thing. Right. This is the future of politics. You know what I mean? How how can you not want a billionaire to run for governor every time after this? You know what I mean? Because this plan works when you have a ton of money. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, that's that's it. So it kind of makes me nostalgic. God, oh, my money talks and politics. This is obvious people raise money and they air commercials and they send out flyers and mailers the days of people uh, the old days of knocking the door hi i'm dr d and i'm here uh, on behalf of my good friend uh, ben jarofsky who's running for water reclamation district the man knows water uh <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you're right. We're a, it's a new era. It's a new. It's not even that new, D. This has yeah. been like the reality since the, the, it's the 21st uh, century. It's been this way this whole century. Barack Obama raised so much money in 2008. People forget that. Uh, and uh, so yes, it's the 21st century. It's politics. We'll see where. Hey, you know what? In November, if J.B. Pritzker is victorious with 60 percent of the vote, I will say I was wrong. I will say I was wrong. I admit when I am wrong, but I'm very apprehensive about this strategy. Strategy to put it mildly. Nobody wants to not have a billion dollar candidate now run for governor on their side. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, you guys to be able to finance his campaign. Listen, you know what? This is real. I've talked. I talked to a lot of uh, uh, candidates running for office, and uh, these are generally off the record conversations because I don't think they want to reveal this uh, on on the mic. But they tell me, not naming names. The worst part about it is the fundraising, how awkward it is, how embarrassing it is, how you have to steal yourself for possible rejection. Just think about it, D. Yeah. Every day you have to call, like it's like an hour or two hours, and essentially beg people for money. And But if you're a billionaire or your dad's a billionaire, hey, no problem. Right. Uh, and uh, so... I'm wondering if Lori Lightfoot has to make those calls. I don't know. I don't know if she does uh, or if she just has a, a team that doesn't, you know, once you're mayor, do you have to make those calls? Rahm Emanuel got his start. I don't know if you know this a long time ago when you were just a young lad in Alton reading comic books uh, as a fundraiser for the Democratic Party. And apparently he was really good at it. And, you know, for entertainment's sake, I guess, thank you, J.B. Pritzker campaign for seeing Darren Bailey as like the weakest link because man, that is like the true, like two sides of Illinois, like going one-on-one -on -one in the governor's yeah. race. Right. Well, that, that, uh, one, uh, the farmer with the, uh, downstate accent and the other, <laughs> uh, the Chicagoan with, does he kind of has a Chicago accent? Uh, yeah. So the debate will be interesting. Uh, I have to say this, D, uh, both of them are easy to underestimate. And I say I I I can't think of anything I agree with on with Darren Bailey. No, I actually kind of agree with Darren Bailey DB on this point. Uh, I wish that all the initiatives uh, that Governor Pritzker did uh, in retrospect regarding COVID, he had pat pushed through the state house so that it would be legislature and, and and executive as opposed to executive order. So I agree with him on that point. Uh, but other than that, D, I agree with him on absolutely nothing. <laughs> 
but he's a pretty skillful politician. And it's easy to underestimate him if you're from Chicago because he has that accent. Similarly, people underestimate Pritzker, D, because he looks kind of schlumpy. Mm-hmm. I, I experienced that in 2018. We had him in the studio. Remember, he came into the, uh, the radio mm-hmm. station, and he just was very charming as he ducked and dodged every question I had. And I realized, I go, we called, what did I call him? Uh, JB Travolta, because he, he was quick on his feet. Uh, Sugar Ray Pritzker, I had a couple of nicknames for him. Yes, you did. Yeah, and it's easy to under, under, underestimate each of those uh, candidates. So I think this is going to be a big clash of ideas. If, if it is, DB, uh, it's going to be a clash of uh, extremes. And um, I'll be, since I despise everything that uh, Darren Bailey stands for, I'm going to be very nervous. So, Dems, you're gonna, it looks like you're going to get your wish. We'll see what happens. And we'll see what happens next week with another Oh What a Week. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J. Bonus interviews, check out this weekend's interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. Download them. Do it like 10 times. I don't know. Just, just keep downloading. We'll be back next week. All right, very good. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. D. I also want to thank our fine crew of team of uh, back behind the scenes uh, producers, Billy Bob, Janie Joe, uh, Rosemary. Uh, and, hey, what happened uh, to the clock? <laughs> the thing doesn't work. Ken Davis, uh, Pat Quinn, all of them. I want to thank them very much. Uh, I think you guys should all give yourself raises and take it out of petty cash. And remember in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the T stands for the Marvelous. Peace and love, everybody. just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out and I'm going to make you walk home. That is correct. Nearly a thousand miles.